live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield and Adam Hill on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Wednesday, TI, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar is the site. $5 draft beer. Come on down, watch the game. 6.30 puck drop. Knights and the Avs. Big matchup. Certainly every one of these games the rest of the way between these teams and then the Wild in the mix is massive. One of the teams will get the division title and not have to play the other in a very difficult series. So uh, goal would be have the Avs and the Wild face each other in the playoffs and then you don't have to have two really tough series if you're the Golden Knights. But we'll see what unfolds tonight. We'll get into the hockey game as the show moves along. Ari's back in our Findlay Toyota studios. Angel's out here. It's Cofield again on the scene at the TI. We're going to talk to uh, one of the draft prospects who uh, the Raiders may be looking at. A guy who's probably in the uh, late second through uh, third, fourth, fifth round possibility. Elijah Molden, his dad played in the NFL, and Mark McMillan, our NFL insider, will be along in about 20 minutes with Elijah We'll have a good conversation about, uh, you know, growing up with a dad in the National Football League and playing in the Pac-12 and the, well, I want to go down the path of the cerebral nature of playing cornerback in the National Football League. Now, there's Smart, and then there's Teddy Bridgewater, Smart. There's also Conor McGregor, Smart. We're going to talk a lot today about the fortunes that athletes have made, are making, maybe, have squandered. We'll get to Floyd Mayweather fighting an exhibition in about six weeks, which seems really weird to me. I hope he's not in a position where he actually needs the money. Yikes. But uh, Teddy Bridgewater on the move. It's one of the big transactions of the day. It's one of the big transactions before the National Football League draft. It adds a lot of intrigue to what's going to happen at the draft because just like everyone else, you know, the quarterbacks are very sexy, so we've honed in on the quarterbacks. And what's going to happen in the, the top ten? Well, in the eight hole is Carolina. The nine is Denver. They just swapped or made a deal. Six-round pick from Denver goes to grab Teddy Bridgewater. So what does that mean for both teams now? If one of those five quarterbacks is available, what do they do? They seem to be set in the short term at QB, but maybe this is just part one of the plan, and they're going to be looking at a quarterback. But the reason I say Teddy Bridgewater smart, man, he may be the last guy, and there's a, a QB group, we'll say from like 12 to 20, if you rank them, 13 to 20. They're all solid, but... Most of them, frankly, are looking over their shoulder. At any moment, the team could go, you know what, it's time to start looking to the future or we're going to look at someone else. Is Derek Carr there? I think he's on the cusp of that. He's just inside of that group that's sort of interchangeable. Like, you don't mind them being your quarterback, but you probably could upgrade. And in the past, those guys have been coveted enough that they've gotten big money. And I think that's probably ending because we're seeing, you know, Cam Newton's probably at the back end of that group. 
Jameis Winston is squarely in the middle of that group, I think, from 13 to 20. And, like, Jameis ain't getting a long-term deal. Cam ain't getting a long-term deal. Teddy Bridgewater got, you know, it wasn't a, a seven-year deal, but he got a three-year deal. And the most important part of what he got was up front. He got $30 million guaranteed. That was last year. Now Teddy Bridgewater's on the move. He's with Denver. He's in the division with the Raiders. I think it's a pretty good upgrade for Denver. We'll talk about how much it changes Denver's fortunes this year. But, yeah, with the move, Bridgewater is now guaranteed $40 million of the 63 he signed for. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's a good payday, especially when you look around and you're like, is Teddy Bridgewater that much better than, say, Jameis Winston or one more year of Fitzy? Probably not, but he played it really well. And I think Denver played it well here. So Denver shipped off a six. The Panthers are the ones getting kicked in the teeth with the salary stuff with Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater's actual salary this year, put aside all the bonus stuff, is going to be around $10 million. The Denver Broncos have Drew Locke. Hey, he's a fine backup. And I still think he's got potential to be a guy down the road. But when you've got a team of now, Drew Locke's a really dangerous dude to have at the position. He just makes too many mistakes. He's way too up and down. He had way too many games last year where he got off to slow starts, and then you know, he's able to pile up some numbers at the end. The numbers look decent, but it was like, Drew, you're the one who put us in the hole. And then you got to throw for 350 yards, but the problem was the beginning of the game and your mistakes. So now they make this upgrade with Teddy Bridgewater, and they've done it for $3 million. So essentially the Broncos just got Teddy Bridgewater for, you know, in, the, in that same range that the Saints are going to roll the dice on Jameis Winston, same as Cam Newton, and roughly in the range of, of Fitzy. You know, one of the other thoughts on this is the Bears couldn't trade a sixth to get Teddy Bridgewater, pay him $3 million, but they're able to pay $10 million to Andy Dalton. Wow. That is freaking just brutal. Again, he's not a great quarterback, but he's a good game manager. The guy completed 69% of his passes a year ago, threw for 3,700 yards. He's now a Bronco. Teddy Bridgewater is a you know a low-mistake guy. He's not going to throw a ton of touchdowns. Last year he had 15 touchdowns. He threw 11 interceptions. Uh, that's not bad you know, when you're throwing that much. He's a guy who could have been coveted and should have been coveted all over the league, and I think the Denver Broncos have stolen one here. They've had horrendous quarterback play since 2015 in the era where Peyton Manning walked away. They haven't been back to the playoffs since winning Super Bowl 50. Their QBR since then, 45.2. Let's look on the list of NFL teams. Yeah, that's last. They've had the worst quarterback play in the National Football League for the last five years, and now they bring in a guy who is solid, not spectacular. And, you know, they're this close. They were a quarterback away from being a legit playoff team. We'll check on the uh, books and if they've changed anything with the over-under win total. I don't think it's going to be dramatic. But the Broncos are in play now, and it certainly makes the interesting or makes the division even more interesting. Could you argue if the Raiders don't nail it in this draft and, and fill some of their holes that the Raiders are actually could be the worst team in the division now because Bridgewater – Gives the Broncos that guy they needed as the signal caller.
Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. <laughs> I told you, came here for you, man. Yeah. I'm the best of the best. The head honcho. The El Umbra Ito Cowley, man. You know what the business is. They came for you, man. You know what my lifestyle is, man. You know what I do. They came for me, man. Yeah. What? A decade? Let's go. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. All right, Floyd Mayweather and Ooh. Uh, oh, this. I'm sorry. This is ludicrous. Okay. I, I thought you meant the other guy, Logan Paul. No, we're not talking about the fight yet. We'll get to Logan Paul and Mayweather. Just uh, I have no – I didn't hear ludicrous really in that. But Floyd in there. Floyd loves attention. Hometown hero, Floyd Mayweather, right? Super, super, super rich, set for life. Or is he? We'll answer that question in about eight minutes. Is Floyd involved in an exhibition fight in June because he loves the attention? Like, you know, he just got there years ago with Ludacris or because he needs the money? I hope it's not because he needs the money because what a, a weird, weird event. Let's open the phones right now. Caller 11, 364-1100-364-1100. MLB, the show, 21, is out for Xbox. This is a big deal, very big deal. You can create your dream team in the Diamond Dynasty Play with your legends, uh, your favorite legends, flashbacks, and also current day players all on your team. It's fun for both the hardcore and casual baseball gamers. MLB The Show has you covered on all the angles. Caller 11 364 It's for the Xbox 364-1100. When you call in, say Xbox. If you call in and say, what did I win? You don't win. Caller 11, Xbox. 364-1100, 364 Zero, zero. So big news of the day is Teddy Bridgewater being moved from the Panthers to the Broncos. You're going to hear a lot of people going crazy about it. And I think here in town and, you know, more accurately around the region where most Raiders fans reside, I think a lot of Raiders fans are going to be like, oh, what's the big deal? Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, not much of a difference. There is a difference. And if you watch Broncos games or follow them while you're watching the Raiders games, you know the Broncos were in a lot of games and mistakes by Drew Locke killed them. So if you get a, a guy who's uh, you know virtually mistake-free, he's going to make mistakes. But if you get a guy in Teddy Bridgewater and the quarterback play goes up just a little bit based on what they have on defense because they continue to add to defense to the defense in the offseason, their offense is and was being built for this year and next year. They've got a good young offense. Maybe their offensive line will be better. It should be. It can't be worse than it was last year at times. The Broncos are now a player to be – Maybe the second-best team. I don't think they are, but maybe the second-best team in the division. Chargers have got to improve and get healthy, and then we'll see where the Raiders are. The Raiders are another team just like the Broncos that lost a ton of close games. I think more of that was a poor defense and conservative play calling when it mattered the most and settling for too many field goals. The other thing with the Broncos, Bridgewater is going to help a lot. They do need to improve. Well, when I say they, Vic Fangio does need to improve what he does as a game day dude on the sidelines. Uh, He also has to start playing a little more aggressively, get a little better with clock management. So there's questions with all three teams behind the Chiefs, but this makes the division better. It makes it even more exciting. I don't think there's a guaranteed second-place team. I don't think there's a guaranteed last-place team. And for Teddy Bridgewater, uh, he landed in a good spot. I thought there were – Several teams that are in the same range as the Broncos, kind of that seven and ten to ten and seven range. Still going to get 
used to that. 17 games now. But I think for various reasons, the Broncos pulled a fast one on $3 million. That's all they have to pay for Teddy Bridgewater. They pulled a fast one on the Bears. I think the Patriots, if this was, if they could get the same sort of deal for a sixth, Patriots should have been in on this. And the other team I've been talking about a bunch, I don't know what the Steelers are doing. I would have taken, for $3 million, I would have taken Teddy Bridgewater in a heartbeat to be my guy next year. Also be a good backup to Big Ben if he sucks. And Big Ben, as the season went along last year, was not good. So I don't know why the Steelers are standing pat and going into the year with uh, with Big Ben and then no clue on the next guy unless they're going to shock us and move up and grab one of these five quarterbacks, the top guys in the National Football League draft, or maybe they're going to make a run at number six. So we'll get into Teddy B a little more and how it affects the draft and also the win total numbers in, in the division. Now, I mentioned Floyd. Floyd is back, amazingly. If you don't know these Paul brothers, um, well, I'll say where you've been. Um, maybe you're a little bit older, but they've been making waves, basically being trash talkers and recreational boxers and doing much of their work on the Internet. You know, they're called YouTube stars. Well, Jake Paul just got a nice payday by taking out an MMA guy who can't box and didn't care, frankly, and Ben Askren, who had experience all over the world including the UFC, and now Logan Paul has landed an exhibition fight. It's a weird deal. Logan Paul can't weigh any more than 190. He's bigger than Floyd. Floyd's a little guy. If you've seen Floyd Mayweather around town, Floyd's 5'6", and he walks around probably you know 155 pounds. Floyd also can't come in too big, which makes me laugh. I mean, if you're Logan Paul, I'd, frankly, I'd, I'd be really happy if Floyd showed up at 210 pounds at 5'6". But he stays in shape. He's a specimen. He can't weigh more than 160, but it is an exhibition. Now, that said, you're going to see the power of obnoxious promotion. Floyd's already mastered that. But Floyd actually has a skill, many skills, an athletic skill. He's one of the great all-time professional boxers, arguably the best defensive fighter in the history of the game. He's a tactician. He's awesome. Logan Paul is basically a guy who's, who's boxer-sizing the last five years, who has used the Internet, as so many people have, to be an influencer. And he's now earned – I mean, this is – it's an unbelievable story, and it's, it's kind of pathetic for boxing and sad for boxing on many levels. But Logan Paul has turned his Internet fame into getting a chance to step into the ring with freaking Floyd Mayweather. I don't care how old Floyd is. This is incredible, and I know of all guys on the show, because he's a casual sports fan, Ari will be all over this. You love this fight, don't I'm you? I'm the most serious sports fan there is. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. I think, But I think people <laughs> like you would be, the, would be the most likely to go, wait, Floyd? Well, Someone, wait, wait, some, some, some dude who I've seen on the Internet gets to get a chance, you know, and he's 30 pounds bigger just to throw freaking bombs at Floyd. Maybe he catches him. Uh, that's not where my head is. I, I mean, yes, I'm excited. You know, boxing is somehow making a comeback through very strange means, I guess. But, uh, I, like, Floyd Mayweather is just I'm, – I'm not even a huge fan. I don't really like his antics. But come on, like, the guy – you can't touch him. So I know the Jake Paul Askren fight was different, and, and I get it. I get why that outcome was the way it was. But this, like, I don't see – like I said in the notes, I feel like this is just going to be – Basically, him chasing after Mayweather for how many rounds until he falls flat on his face. Do we feel do we feel good or bad for Floyd? Like it's such an easy payday, but 
Does he really need the payday? Does he need the adulation? Does he need the fame? Does he miss it? No, like, why is he doing this? Boxing does. I don't know if that's his, his intent, but like boxing needs this, I think. So go for it. I don't know. People are excited. The internet seems to be excited about it. And it's very polarizing. But uh, I don't know. Like With my casual knowledge of the sport, I just don't. I've rooted against. I've wanted to see Mayweather get knocked out or lose, and it just doesn't happen. Like, like you said, he's extremely skilled. So good, good for the fans, I guess. We'll see what happens. Man. Should be interesting. Oh, boy. June 6th, not June 5th. They were talking June 5th initially. By the way, Vegas was in the running, and that's kind of the depressing part. As much as I hate the event, I think it's stupid, and I think it's sad and pathetic for boxing. I would have taken it here. Um, I don't know what the venue availability is. I was thinking the Fortress, T-Mobile, for this fight. You know, you get 18,000, 19,000 in. You'd probably be able to sell for a high-dollar number. You'd do a good pay-per-view number. We'd have a big crowd in town on June 5th, but maybe, you know, part of it is maybe we won't be ready on June 5th. We're supposedly going 100% on June 1st, so maybe we couldn't do it here, but it should be interesting. Uh, we'll continue on this. Miami is going to have the fight. It's going to be at the Dolphin Stadium, and we know in Florida, hey, mask off. Everyone's in. Get the vaccine if you want. Don't get it. Whatever you want to do. Florida is sports crazy, sports friendly. Last week, they were uh, dancing the jig between uh, Ron DeSantis and, and Dana White and the mayor of Jacksonville, and they've landed another big event. They've stolen a Floyd Mayweather fight, exhibition fight, from Vegas. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Today's conversation with Mark McMillan is presented by Weed Cellars. Hit WeedCellars.com for the best in wine, bourbon, and beer. Back here live at the TI Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. We get a chance to do a little draft profile. Mark McMillan, our football insider, is with us, the former Eagle and KC Chief. And he's got a special guest in Elijah Molden, who, Mark, you've known for the longest time. You've known him since he was a little guy. Knowing you for so long, man, it's like, you know, people just didn't believe it. It's almost the same story, man. Uh, you know, talking to your dad, it's like, man, it, people saying he's too small, he can never do it. And I was, for years, I've been battling on social media, like, what are you guys freaking talking about? Are you guys kidding me? They don't know like, football. Yeah, know exactly. Football. That's that's the thing about it. It's like people see the outside and it's like they judge you on the outside, but not knowing like, dude, your 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 football IQ is like ridiculous, you know, and that, that allows you to put yourself in position uh, to make so many plays that guys that's bigger, stronger, faster can't even make. Right. Because they, they, they just don't know how to, you know, first of all, you got to study film. There's a lot of guys that, you know, when I got there, I watched film. I didn't study film. You know, right. I, had to, I had to study film with Eric Allen, uh, Seth Joyner, those guys. Like, man, what the heck are you guys writing down? Like, why are you guys always writing stuff down on notes? Like, yeah, dude, you got to know what's going on on the whole field. So now it's like the, the best thing for me is, you know, go seeing things in practice and seeing things on film. And then in real life, you actually see it happen in real time. And that's when you start to believe in, in yourself and the process. Like, all you got to, like, just believe in what you see. And then that's how you start making plays. Being a defensive back, obviously, you know, uh, being a, a son of an NFL player and your dad and Alex, uh, then going to UW and learning from Coach Lake, who I have the utmost respect for, uh, just not even as a coach, but as a man, 
Uh, what, what are some of the things that he instilled in you knowing that, uh, you know, you, this day in a couple of days will be, you know, uh, you know, speaking about it, but now it's actually becoming a reality that you will be in the National Football League in the draft. Really, it's just the biggest thing, and this was early on where he, he kind of instilled this in us, was just like responsibility, you know what I mean? In his office, there's a sign that says no explanations, no excuses. And that's tough to do, like, because a lot of times stuff doesn't go your way. And, and of course, there's a reason behind it. And you want to feel, you want to kind of like, you know, lessen the blow on your ego by kind of explaining why you didn't perform or why this didn't happen. But that's just not going to, that's not going to get you anywhere. You know what I mean? So um, just really taking taking ownership, taking like extreme ownership of everything that happens to you, everything that happens to your team. That's when you take the, the next step, you know, just really like in being a leader. You know, I think first you have to lead yourself before you can lead others. And the best way to do that is just own everything that you do, good or bad. That's the voice of Elijah Molden. He's here with us on ESPN Las Vegas. Mark McMillan along as well for his weekly football spot. It's all brought to you by Weed Cellars, C-E-L-L-A-R-S. No cannabis, no CBD. It's best in wine, bourbon, and beer. So you're doing an interview right now, right? Uh, you've done a lot of these, over, I'm sure, over the last couple of months. What's the biggest impression you got from the interviews, and did you get better as it went along? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think early on, um, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I, mean, I didn't know if I had to present myself a certain way. And then just, just like anything else, like you, uh, you, know, you start to be your true self and you start to be authentic and, and have confidence in just who you are. Because no matter what, if I meet with the team, um, like they gotta, they gotta like me as a person before they like me as a player. So um, towards the end, really the, the middle and the end, it got, it got really easy because I would just show up and I talk about what I love. You know what I mean? And a lot of times teams will, like, quiz me or, or, you know, try to pull a fast one. But I just thought of it as a challenge. Like what? what is – what's an example of trying to pull a fast one? Just like – so they'll, like, usually install a defense with you. And they'll go – they'll talk so fast and they do that just because they want to see – or sometimes they'll be talking and they'll, re, like, like, pivot to something completely different, like, They'll be drawing something on the board, and they'll be talking about what I did today or my workout or blah, blah, blah. And they all do that just to kind of distract me and stuff like that. That's that's pretty that's pretty interesting to know. Obviously, I didn't go through the process that you're going through. You know, wasn't nobody yeah. interviewing me. They weren't talking to me. I didn't get any phone calls. Uh, but, you know, just uh, through the process, what is your daily mentality? Knowing, you know, you're excited. Uh, I'm sure you're probably nervous at the same time. Yeah. This is something you worked for your, you know, your your entire life pretty much. Uh, to put yourself in uh, in a position to be, you know, play at the National Football League at the highest level. Uh, what, what are some of the things that you go through on a daily basis to kind of keep yourself humble? I think the biggest thing is just, like, adaptability. And that's that's something that I've worked on, especially, like, ever since COVID started. Because you, you never really know your schedule completely and you never know what's going to happen. Just, like, it can change like that. So every day I wake up and, like, I'm pretty – I'm pretty flexible in like what I expect from other people and what I expect from myself. Uh, with that being said, I still hold myself to a high standard and prepare the best I can. Um, but really, I mean, it's just like reminding myself that I'm a, I'm a grown man playing a kid's game. You know what I mean? Like I love this game, and and uh, I, I I look at it through that through the lens of like a an eighth grader, you know, mm-hmm. or someone who's who's just starting to fall in love with the game. That's the way I approach it. I approach this process. Hey, Mark, can you, can you talk about going back, uh, you know, I'll say the old days, not really, but, uh, but you know, meeting Elijah as a young guy, 
uh, and you know what you saw in him. And then Elijah, I wanted you to talk about just the experience of going to camps and, and getting to work with you know former NFL players. And obviously, your dad is a guy you can certainly lean on. He played eight years in the NFL. But Mark, how about the early uh, beginnings of your relationship when you when you first saw Elijah? Um, you know, obviously, you know, playing with his dad and uh, you know seeing Elijah run around as a little kid. Uh, you know, and then you know we had an opportunity to go to Oregon. And we had a camp up there in, in Oregon, and, you know, Alex was working the camp. He bought Elijah up, and, you know, obviously, you know, a kid's going to have, you know, he's going to have his dad's or his mom's DNA, so he's going to have some athletic ability. So, you know, being able to see him live uh, up up close and seeing him work at it, uh, seeing him make mistakes and, and get back in line and work at it again um, just showed that this kid wanted it at, at an early age. and. Then we selected him to our uh, junior All-American game. Yeah, um, he didn't get a chance to play on my team. I was a little salty. I was. On, I don't even remember that being on the other team. I was a little salty, but you know we, we we were going at him a little bit, and then obviously he makes a big play, he intercepts the ball, and you know, obviously I was really excited uh, about him, you know, making those plays and and just seeing him over the years just continue to mature, uh, continue to get better, better, continue to get faster, stronger. And, you know, just watching his career um, at UW, man, it's just it, – it's amazing. And it's a great process to see um, all the work that he's put in uh, play out on national TV and in front of a lot of people and naysayers that said this is a kid that couldn't do it. You know, they compared him to his dad. And I know, you know, my son went through that, through that as well. He wanted to be his own guy. And seeing him separate himself and being the type of player that he is – uh, I, I think he's more athletic than me. I think he's more athletic than his dad. Uh, he's more versatile. Um, the way UW used him uh, in so many ways uh, goes to show, you know, uh, uh, you know, the great coaching that he's had, uh, a student of the game, and being able to uh, put himself in position in probably, what, 72 hours, you know, he's, he's going to hear his name called uh, to be who knows what city he's going to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, that, that's got to be an exciting po- uh, part of it. And, and, you know, just for him, um, I, it really doesn't matter. I'm sure, you know, he just wants to play football. And like I said, man, when your jersey comes out, trust me, I'll be one to, to buy that jersey. <laughs> yep. My mom, how funny is this? My mom, we got on a call with uh, my agent yesterday. And, like, the only question she asked was just, like, what are the chances of him going to a team on the West Coast? Because she's going to want to visit me as much as she can. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, just speaking of that dynamic, man, you have a big family. Uh, you know, you have a dynamic family. You know, yep. you, you guys, uh, you know, you, you guys do a lot of stuff together. Uh, I know you have a brother, uh, you know, with uh, with special needs. Uh, you know, I see you guys, you know, posting pictures. But more excitingly, I saw you just got engaged. What, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, just got engaged. Um, did it in San Diego. I don't know how I pulled it off. It was, it was a crazy <laughs> story, like. I ended up getting the ring the day before I proposed, and it was just, I had to go to UPS and bang on the garage doors. <laughs> it, it was crazy, but um, yeah, I mean, like a lot of stuff is happening right now, and, and that's a big part of why I need to just kind of you know let God work through me and be flexible. Elijah Molden's with us. How'd you do it? How'd you pop the question? Where'd you do it? <laughs> it in downtown San Diego, and it was really the only place that I felt like she wouldn't have an idea. So it was it was the whole, it was like you know. Cause she, I, I'm terrible at surprises, and she always said like she's too smart for me to surprise her. 
So I kept on feeding her the idea, like, man, I don't have enough money. Like, I need to wait till I get my contract, <laughs> this and that. And in the back, I was doing all these marketing deals, getting paid that way. And I ended up gathering up money and all this and that. I was going to ask. I was like, wait a minute, you just graduated college, you know? You know, I don't, I don't know uh, which programs are handing out envelopes. I was like. How nah, do you get yeah. money? How are you getting money to buy these diamond rings already? I'm like, man, it's, I had to get in the league for a while to be able to afford uh, the, the uh, diamond ring. But uh, congratulations yeah. on that. And, you know, I, I'm sure you probably got asked this question a lot, and I'm going to ask it again. What team did you grow up liking, and what team would you see yourself uh, playing in? So I never really grew up like liking a team. You know, I grew up. Uh, with favorite players and st- you know stuff like that, but I never. I think it was just because I knew from my dad that the league is a business. You know, he he, he spent time in New Orleans and, and San Diego and then mm-hmm. the Washington Washington team. So this and that, um, and I just knew that like uh, through a fan's perspective, it's easy to fall in love with the team and they're everything you want them to be. But kind of behind the door, it's it's a like I said, it's a business. Mm-hmm. Like I never envisioned myself um, playing for a certain team. I just, I just, uh, I just envision myself like you know making plays. And, right. and a lot of times, I'd be watching my favorite players, and, and I, you know, take what I can from them and implement that into my game. That's a, well, I, I'm gonna be a little biased. I would love to see you in Eagle Green. Uh, you know, I know yeah. Kansas City has a Honey Badger, which is kind of like the same player. You guys, yeah, uh, you know, move around a lot. I'm here in Vegas. Maybe I need to put in a call to Groot and like, hey, they need help in the secondary. And yeah, I, that's I, funny. I, yeah, they need help in the secondary. If I can, if maybe Steve can make a call. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can get a nice push or something, man. I, I would love to see you here uh, in Vegas playing with the Raiders. I think you'll be a good addition uh, to the to their secondary and what they have have to offer. Obviously, playing in the AFC West, it's a passing league. Yeah. And you know, playing in the Pac-12, you know, it's a lot of passing, uh, pretty much the same style. So. I'm going to put in a call to Mr. Groot when we get off the phone and be like, yo, John, I got a guy that's Go high on everybody's board. Why would you love to be in Vegas? What do you think? I just love to live there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you get more bang for your buck, I think, in what taxes are. Yep. A lot of times, yep. it's like, I heard, this is one thing I hear from all all my old teammates. Is they get their they get their paycheck and they look and it's just like half gone. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's my buddy who plays, for, uh, plays in L.A. And my financial advisor is like, you know, you're going to – these are the states that financially it's it's the best. It's the best fit for you. And I was like, listen, like, I don't play the game for money, but it is nice to have <laughs> yeah. a little extra in your yeah. pocket. You know? sure. Do you have a sense – like, who's been the hottest for you? Like, do you, do you have a sense of a couple of teams where you're like, maybe that's going to be the team? Now, we know in the end, we've talked to a lot of people, Mark, over the years, uh, former players who were like, this team, like, barely talked to me. I had no idea they were yeah. interested in me. But you must have a feeling, Elijah Molden – Who's interested? Where you're like, I, you know what? I think they like me. There's like 15 of those teams. Really? And the re- yeah. And the reason why is because I mean, if you're a running back or a quarterback, you know, you're there's like three or four teams that you feel like really like you. You know, it, you're going. Yeah, you're going into to the draft, kind of having a good understanding. But like, I play five different positions, so everyone needs a, a safety or corner or like or a nickel. Congratulations on everything. Like I said, I, I'm excited. I'm sure you guys have a big party. Uh, I'm sure the living room will be packed yep. with moldings. Uh, you know, so I, I'm sure I'll be I'll be FaceTiming your dad. I know your phone is going to be blowing up. Yeah, you know, I, I, I let you enjoy the moment. This is your time to shine. Uh, you know, as a you know as as a mentor, coach, whatever you want to call it, man. I'm 
I'm just a fan of, of, of you personally. Uh, I love the family. Um, you know, your mom is amazing. Obviously, your dad, man, he's like a little brother to me. You know, we always reach out and text, and I know he's working on his cooking skills. I know you got to learn on your your cooking skills because once you get married, I'm man, ahead of him for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. you're gonna have to start cooking up some meals, man. Once you yep. once you uh, land in the city of your choice, but uh, is there anything that you would like to uh, say? Anything you would like to promote? Anything you would like to? You know, shout out your teammates, coaches, family, or anything. I think I'm good. At, they know how much I love them and appreciate them. So, you know, obviously, thank you for having me on. Um, you know, I miss seeing your face other than just tweets and texts. So, yeah, I yeah. really appreciate it. Elijah, thank you so much. We appreciate the time. Elijah Molden, nice kid, uh, great upbringing. His dad, Alex, played in the NFL. Uh, teammate with Mark, played for eight years. You know, you mentioned multiple times and he did towards the end of the conversation that he moves around a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk about the different positions he can play. And he's a little bit smaller though, right? Yeah. He's probably about, I'll give him about five, nine. Um, he obviously he's taller than me. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's so athletic and uh, his, like I said, his game reminds me of the honey badger in Kansas city because he can play so many positions. And nowadays in the NFL, you got to be able to play multiple positions in the defensive backfield. Um, he can play corner. Uh, he can play safety. He can come down in the box and play that linebacker position. He can play the rover position. Uh, we, we saw it on display here, what, two years ago in the bowl game where he ended up being the MVP uh, of the bowl game here. Uh, I think they were playing, what, was it Boise State? Um, you know, against Boise State. And just seeing him uh, live and, and being able to be active like that uh, just goes to show you a, a student of the game and, you know, teams on in the AFC West, uh, whether you're in the North or whatever, you need players like this. And that's it's so rare that you can find a guy that can play multiple positions and make an impact. You know, everybody's looking for the six one, six two corner, long that can run, but you gotta be able to cover and you gotta be able to be a student of the game. And you saw or well, you heard him talk about how he studies film. And people wonder like how is he making all these plays? Because he's seen it play out. In his head, he studies and he's prepared for it. Mark McMillan is with us doing his weekly spot. It's brought to you by Weed Sellers. Go up to weedsellers.com, C-E-L-L-A-R-S.com, and you can uh, get a large selection of uh, wine, the Cabernet Sauvignon 2017, uh, Pinot Noir. You got some rosé up there. I actually brought the bourbon on the road. I wasn't drinking on the road. I I went to L.A. and uh, had a bottle of the – Straight bourbon from Weed Cellars, and actually gave it to a buddy for his nice. birthday, and uh, we all, you know, we all. I, don't know, I wouldn't say shot it because we all kind of sipped it slowly. <laughs> it's nice, and I know you love cooking with it. Uh, we were yeah. just talking about Elijah Molden and his versatility. I feel like you're starting to uh, expand the horizons on what you're cooking. What have you been throwing on the grill lately? Oh, uh, the other day I threw a nice little tri-tip on there, and I marinated it in Weed Cellars light beer. Uh, really? That's the key. I marinated in wheat cellars light beer. I added a little, uh, you know, a little brown sugar, uh, a little bit of salt. You know, I got to watch the blood pressure. You know, I got to, you know, brothers, we're high. We're, we're something with a high blood pressure. So I got to watch that. Just a little salt. But the key was the, the marinated overnight uh, in wheat cellars beer. And then I just added uh, a little barbecue glaze that I actually made out of wheat cellars bourbon. So I just added a little ketchup, a little, uh, little mustard, a little brown sugar, uh, a little paprika, you know, give it a nice little uh, flavor, a little kick, and, you know, just smoked it for like two hours. 
at like 225 and then seared it for about a good seven minutes after that to get that nice crust on the outside. Man, I, I think I posted a picture of it the other day. So, you know, my game is, is starting to evolve a little bit more. And, you know, I got two cooking segments lined up over the next two weeks. Uh, you know, that'll be that'll be doing live uh, next week. I have the uh, assignment that I'll be cooking doing a bourbon testing. I have 25 clients that I'm going to have on Zoom call. That's awesome. I'm going to be cooking two eight-ounce fillets for my guys. I'm happy to meet you. Ah, the, the pressure. The pressure. You know, I, I would know. feel I would feel pressure after uh, cooking something on 225 for the longest time. I would feel pressure <laughs> with the sear that I would overcook it. So how do you make sure you don't overcook it at the end? Well, you've you got to know, like, 225 is the temperature. So, you know, after two hours, you want it to be like 145, 140 in the middle. Um, you know, medium, medium rares. If you get it uh, uh, well done, you ruined the whole tri-tip. You just wasted a good cow. Yep. That cow is in heaven like, man, come on. <laughs> so, you know, and then at the end, yeah. uh, you know, you got to put it on the hot side and you sear it for like, you know, five to seven minutes. And then you let it rest for 10 minutes and then you cut it. So don't just cut the meat soon as it get off the grill. You got to let it rest. Let the juices soak, soak in. And after that, man, you just slice it, and it's going to be like butter, man. There you go. We sell is bourbon barbecue sauce. Come on, man. I'm changing the game. It sounds awesome. Totally awesome. <laughs> uh, I saw that you you saw the battle that was going on between uh, – we have a lot of guys on the show who love to cook. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're one of the leaders, but, man, our, our guy Ryan McKinnell takes a lot of pride in his presentation. He sends his pictures yeah. the whole way. Yeah. So that was actually a thread behind the scenes, and – uh, both McKinnell and JVT did a slow cooker day, and yeah. JVT started with uh, some pork on Saturday. Then McKinnell tried to come over the top. He made some sort of chicken pot pie stew, and yeah. then it, it looked like there was a uh, chicken from Costco on the side, <laughs> and then it broke. It broke out. It broke out uh, because then there were accusations about, "Hey, you didn't you didn't cook everything fresh in this yeah. meal, man. This is competitive." It's real competitive, I, Mark. You I, saw you I, saw how I nasty it got. In. I had to jump in on the thread. I was like, I wait a minute. I had to get in this. I was like, what's going on? I was like, shots fired. Uh, you know, it was some jabs throwing. I think Ryan said, you know, whenever you stop using processed cheese out of a bag, <laughs> you know, you got to use a – he took a picture of a cheese grater. Yeah. I was like, man, but I love the competition, though. And, you know, this food thing is serious, man. People take a lot of pride in their food and their presentations. And this is a new ball game for me, uh, putting myself out on the limb. I'm not the best griller. Trust me. I know I make mistakes, but you got to be able to willing, you know, you got to be willing to put yourself out there uh, to learn. But if you're going to call somebody out, you better be ready to get the, you know, you better be ready to, uh, you know, reap what you sow. So I love the battle. It's like, you know, we're talking about football and basketball and baseball, but now we have the battle of the food and the grill. Grated cheese versus bag cheese. <laughs> That's awesome. Mark McMillan's with us. Mark, let's close on this. Mark is a football insider brought to you by Weed Sellers. Weed, C-E-L-L-A-R-S.com. You can go up there and see a full menu of items, including a bunch of different wine and, and bourbon and also beer. To me, the Justin Field story is, is fascinating. I don't know if these are all smoke screens and he is going to go. In the top five, you know, the Niners take him or someone trades up the four with the Falcons to get him, or maybe the Falcons take him. What do you think is happening here? I mean, I'm not going to say I've never seen this before, Man. but uh, 
it it seems to be the tearing down of a kid who, by all accounts, is a good kid, is a worker, he's smart, and he's a hell of a prospect. All the kid did was win football games. I, I would like a Justin Fields on my team. He's athletic. He can make all the throws. He's tough as nails. We saw him, you know, come back and play against Alabama after, you know, pretty much getting carted off. You know, he, he sucked it up in the bowl game uh, in Dallas. But, you know, just to see these kids get tore down before the draft even happens, it's a, dis- it's a disservice to these kids. And, you know, Elijah Moulton, he goes to the same thing. You know, you see some people talking about he's too small. And it's all in, in you know, it's social media. And like he said, they don't know football. You know, just because you sit behind a, a screen and you see plays and you understand that. But if you if you don't put yourself in a position, have you ever put yourself in a position where you're on an island, there's 90,000 people screaming, and you know they're throwing the ball at you, and you know the formation at the end, how much pressure that is on an individual, what are you going to do? You can't measure that. You know, you can measure guys throwing the ball in pro days and guys running four fours. But what is the guy doing when the pressure is on when they know he has to make the play. And Justin Fields has made every freaking play that you can possibly make in his college football career. So I don't know why. uh, Maybe it's for ratings. But, you know, for a kid, you know, it it sucks for me to see a young man like that. I worked so freaking hard. Even Mac Jones. They say, Mac Jones, well, he was a system quarterback. Well, every time I see him throw the ball, the ball was right on time. You know, yes, he's got some good receivers. It's Alabama. You know, what, what do you expect him to be throwing it to? You know, uh, but all his throws were on time. He won a national championship. He sat on the bench for three years behind two guys that's playing in the National Football League now. He's humbled himself, and people are still like, well, we don't know about Mac Jones. Well, what else do you want the kid to do? Mark, enjoy the travels. We appreciate you checking in. We'll talk to you, buddy. All right, appreciate it. There he is, Mark McMillan. Get to the web right now, lvsportsnetwork.com. We've got our Drafting for Doe contest, ESPN Las Vegas, along with the DeHart team, Nova Home Loans, giving away $1,000 in cash and a $250 gift card from the Raiders Image Store. All you got to do is make the right picks for the first 17 selections in tomorrow's draft. Whoever gets the most right, you're the winner. $1,000 in cash, $250 gift card from the Raiders Image Store. It's all brought to you by Nova Home Loans and the DeHart team. Picks must be in by tonight. It's open to Nevada residents 18 or older. Drafting for Doe contest brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Get into it, lvsportsnetwork.com. Mark McMillan on ESPN Las Vegas is brought to you by Weed Cellars. Hit weedcellars.com for an outrageous selection of wine, bourbon, and beer. And make sure to ask for Weed Cellars at your liquor and grocery store.